0: Good morning, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the finfanatic.com website and the Fan Sided Network. And if you don't get a chance to join us live here, be sure to also check it out on YouTube uh, and and the iTunes uh, as an iTunes download as well. So The Dolphins go to Las Vegas to Allegiant Stadium here at 4 Eastern time, 3 Central, this weekend, this Sunday, to play the Las Vegas Raiders. And right now, they're four-point underdogs. And not not a lot of injuries on the Dolphins' side except for Tua, which obviously it looks like he's going to be out a couple of weeks. Could be anywhere from, you know, Ian Rappaport said that there's a possibility he he could come back next week the dolphins didn't put him on short term ir which would have kept him out for 3 weeks and so we should see him back anywhere from 1 to 3 weeks probably closer to 3 weeks but paul taking a look here you know obviously twitter dolphins twitter rightfully has been pretty angry this this week we were pretty upset sunday night when the dolphins lost 35 to nothing to the bills so i I'll throw it to you uh, i mean Has any of the steam died down on your end?
1: Uh, Some of the steam, maybe. Uh, It's it's still disappointing. Um, And then, you know, we talked a lot about the offensive line this week. And I know we're going to get into that a little bit here shortly, but some of the changes that they're making on the offensive line don't fully make sense. Uh, It's... A very interesting thing, like the fact that Austin Jackson and Jesse Davis are going to be the bookend tackles yet again. Um, it will be interesting to see because it sounded like Flores acknowledged the same thing that we said last week, which is it wasn't just an issue with the offensive line blocking, it was an issue with the blocking scheme uh, in a lot of cases. Now, if they haven't adjusted to players coming off the edge, shame on the Raiders DC for for not utilizing the exact same type of blitz until they show that they can pick it up
0: I think it's a talent issue at the tackle spots it's a communication issue it's a picking up the blitz issue and this is part of what comes with having such a young offensive line and it's why it's a a decision I didn't really agree with to begin with I, I don't think you should have you know four of your five offensive linemen who are, are second or are rookie or first second or third year players who don't quite get it yet offensive line is a tough position to learn when you're an nfl player and in addition and, and then your other guy who's actually a veteran jesse davis sucks so it's it's not a good situation there um I, so
1: i, I want to uh, jump in on that before we move on jesse davis sucks at tackle let's 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 be clear because if you move him back and to the he's function,
0: okay at guard right at best and,
1: and and okay is okay like it, it's not everybody on the o-line has to be a world beater like we talked about and kat i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask you this real quick as well because i know you just asked it in chat um i mean ideally it, it seems pretty easy to make this a functional line at this point you put Liam Eikenberg in at left tackle, you pull Austin Jackson and let him battle it out with Solomon Kinley for left guard. You take Jesse Davis and Robert Hunt and just flip them. Hunt's a better tackle, Davis is a better guard. It, it And yeah. you, have, you have a better offensive line at that point. Maybe not great, but I'd say you'd be able to possibly have a top 15 offensive line with, with that five.
0: I wouldn't go as far as top 15 I agree with you. I agree with you with what you're saying. And it seems like that's what Dolphins fans want to see. I mean, Liam Eikenberg at left tackle, you know, in the Patriots game, at the very least looked the part. And, you know, I don't – and this is part of the problem for me with the Dolphins and how they look at the offensive line is Robert Hunt got on the field last year at right tackle. When he went to University of Louisiana, he was a right tackle. He played well. He was a first-slash-second-round pick. Projected, he gets on the field. He plays well last year. He gives up three sacks and I think fifteen hurries and however many games he started. I know he didn't start the whole season there, but I think he started twelve games. That's good. So along the offensive line, uh, if if you're sh- if you show that you're a good player at a position, keep them at that position and hope they get better. Don't say, hmm, you know, I really think Robert Hunt could be a pro Bowl right guard, but. Or, you know or Liam so, so let's at left guard yeah uh, yeah so let's oh you know Liam Eikenberg, Notre Dame he didn't let up a sack in 2 years but you know what i think he could be a great left guard like it, it's it's the dolphins thinking they're smarter than everybody just keep it simple
1: i 100%, 100% agree with you it it's Aikenberg has shown he can play tackle and in his first few games he's really stood out in that regard and he's still an ascending player we're we're two games into his career and why would you kick him inside when when your tackles are struggling and he's getting the job done
0: right and so ideally what i would like for the dolphins to see and maybe they will do this maybe they just don't want to make all those changes in one week but that's where that's where Liam Eichenberg starting at left guard over Solomon Kindley, which was the move they made this week. So they're keeping Austin Jackson and Jesse Davis at the tackle spots. That's where it really doesn't make
1: sense. No, like because it's the same number of moves to put Eichenberg at left tackle as it is to put him at left guard.
0: Exactly right. Exactly right. And I don't I don't get it. I mean, if you had told me last year, I mean, uh, this past offseason that that you're that you're starting offensive tackles again uncontested would be Jesse Davis and Austin Jackson. I would say you're crazy and you shouldn't have drafted Tua in the first place if you were going to do that to him. Okay? Tua's injured. He's gone for a couple weeks. Guess what Dolphins, you deserve it. Stupid. So anyway, let me let me put a uh, I'll, I'll let you have the last word there. And it's I'm going right, th- th- to try to put a I'm going to try to put a positive spin on on some of this too. I'm not going to not going to have this be one long complaining-fest by me, even though I know a lot of reviewers like to like, like to
1: see that. <laughs> so, if the Dolphins really aren't sold on, May, on 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 Kinley at left guard, here's the thing. You can still put Eichenberg at left tackle and let Austin Jackson, Manx, um, Kinley, Jesse Davis, all fight it out for two guard spots while you still put Robert Hunt back at right tackle and protect what's going to be to his blind side when he's back.
0: And that's the thing about why the Dolphins needed to get a left tackle here the, one of the last two off seasons, because if you did that, you could take all those resources and shove them inside. You can play Jesse Davis inside. You can see if you can resurrect Austin Jackson's career by playing him at guard because, you know, maybe he wouldn't work at guard either, and I've, I think he probably wouldn't. But it, his biggest problem is that when he's alone, alone on an island – at left tackle, he whiffs repeatedly. Jesse Davis is doing the same thing at right tackle. Now this week against the Raiders, they're going up against Max Crosby. Um, it's going to be Max Crosby against Jesse Davis at right tackle. And at left tackle, it's going to be Austin Jackson against Yannick Ngakwe. Both Crosby and Ngakwe are after a great start to the season. Jackson and Davis are not. So something needs to change here. Um, so Paul, but what I wanted to go back to is try to look at this optimistically, just the team in general, I will say this Jacoby Brissett's in a quarterback. Now two is going to be out anywhere from one to three weeks. I look at the next four games here. Okay. The Raiders game is winnable and you know, they're, they, they head into week three as a much better team than the dolphins, but it's winnable. They've also then got, um, the Colts in Miami. They've got, um, They've got the Bucks and they've got Um I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Then then the Jaguars after that, right? So if they can come out of that two and two, which I think is very possible, then we could start then we could say, Okay, two is coming back, the Dolphins are three and three. Maybe we can get this thing back on track a little bit.
1: Definitely. And and I don't know if I'd even say the Raiders are a much better team. Because taking a look at things, their running game is horrific. Uh, Richie Incognito is out, so they're going to be probably starting John Simpson at right guard. They're starting Jermaine Illuminor, the guy that couldn't make this team on this offensive line that we've just been bashing, um, you know. And, and their offensive line is suspect. And while those guys are off to a good start, I think the Raiders only have five sacks on the season so far. And if you really want to look at this optimistically, Jacoby Brissett has one start in his career against the Raiders. Um, he threw for 265 yards. Uh, his completion percentage wasn't great, but 265 yards. Um, he threw for three touchdowns. He had an interception. And, and, yeah, they lost the game, but that was the Colts' defense playing horrifically. And and Brissett did this in a game where they knew he was throwing because I think I think the Colts let up 48 points or 44 points in that game. So, I mean, Jacoby Brissett was chucking the ball around like crazy against the Raiders just a couple years ago and really played well even though they lost.
0: That's what they're going to need to do here with Brissett because the Dolphins are getting Will Fuller back this week, and they built this team to be able to dictate matchups from the receiver position. I don't, that's looking like a really bad move at this, at this point, because, you know, when you build your team through the receiver position and ignore the offensive line, then the receivers can't get into their routes. And that's what we're seeing here in the first four few weeks from the dolphins. But one thing Brissett does that Tua can't at this point in this in his career is Brissett climbs the pocket and extends plays. The big thing that Brissett needs to do is after he climbs the pocket and extends places, he needs to find those one-on-one matchups and take some shots downfield. That's what the team was designed to do this year. And if they don't, and you're just dumping the ball off to Miles Gaskin instead of taking your shots deep, then I really don't know what you're doing.
1: Yeah, and you can force the Raiders to be one-dimensional. You don't have to blitz like crazy uh, against these guys, especially if Josh Jacobs doesn't play in this game.
0: And he's not going to play. He's he's, he's, yeah, doubt, he's
1: doubtful. Doubtful. Know, I'm just saying. Like yeah. especially if he doesn't. Well, let's let's leave that smidgen of maybe. Um, I mean, you look down there. Ken Kenyon Drake will probably get the start, and he is off to a terrible start right now. He's averaging one and a half yards per carry. Um, you know, it, it's Marcus Mariota uh, is the only one with significant rush has almost as many yards on one carry as either Peyton Barber or Josh Jacobs do um, on, you know, 10 and 13 carries. There, other than Josh Jacobs, there's no one averaging over 2.5 yards per carry for the Raiders. Uh, and and, Mar- and
0: Mariota's an injured reserve, too. Not not that re- that really matters, but... Uh. Right.
1: But, I mean, they'll be without Richie Incognito. They're starting Jermaine Illuminor. You should be able to push the middle of that pocket, which is going to force them... If they want to be effective running the ball to go to the edge and you, you should be able to collapse that pocket with incognito out and a Luminor starting. There's You're no... right.
0: And, and, and the bigger, to me, the big mismatch uh is one you haven't even mentioned yet is uh, Emmanuel Agba against Alex Leatherwood, the Raiders first round pick. And he hasn't, he hasn't been, I mean, uh, that was a, a eyebrow raising pick to begin with and he hasn't, really looked all that good when he's been on the field. And last week he left the game with an oblique injury. So he will play, but he's going to be playing hurt. And if if he can't make it the whole game, Brandon Parker would be the one to get put in there and, and he's worse. So if Emmanuel Agba is looking for that big contract extension, this is the game that you've really got to take over. And whether or not he can make the most of that matchup, there is going to determine whether or not the Dolphins blitz frequently too. Because if they're not getting to the quarterback, and they they the Dolphins weren't getting to the quarterback last year when the Raiders and Dolphins matched up. That's why Carr threw for 330 yards. You need to get back to your roots at that point and say, hey, we're going to send the house. We're going to play that cover zero defense. And if Henry Ruggs gets over the top, that's the risk we've got to take.
1: Yeah, and... If you're able to push the pocket and push Derek Carr out of the pocket, if you're able to to roast Alex Leatherwood, which it's funny, it was an eyebrow-raising pick, and my favorite thing was when they talked to, um, oh, God, I'm blanking on the name right now, but the draft analyst. It's a, the Mike
0: D- Mayock, their Mayock. GM.
1: They they talked to Mayock on NFL Network during the draft, and I think it was on, was on day three, and they asked him about Alex Leatherwood. And he basically said pretty much what we have. Uh, the reason that we had Leatherwood as a second, third, or fourth round pick, which was, oh, yeah, well, he's a solid plug-and-play guy. He's, not, he's probably never going to be spectacular, uh, but he's not going to be bad either. And I, it made it more eyebrow-raising that he realized the same things we do and was able to publicly say, like, no, 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 he's, he's he's really not that great. But the other thing I'll say, too, is is I do want the Dolphins to blitz strategically. With guys like Sam McGuivin or Eguvan and uh, Jerome Baker, sending them periodically up the middle with their speed, Carr is not a fast quarterback. So if you send Baker or Eguavon up the middle and play with Simpson and Illuminor, you could really, really, really have some fun with it with with a limited blitz package.
0: There's no excuse for the Dolphins not to get to the quarterback this week, and Colton Miller against Jalen Phillips will be another matchup. I've been I've been patient with Phillips here, and I'll continue to be patient because I think the talent level is there. Um, he needs to needs to start making a difference here as the season as the season goes along, but yeah, the. I think you're right about the strategic blitzing there because it, if if you don't know where it's coming from it's harder to defend and last year the Dolphins just didn't blitz at all when it came to the Raiders it was kind of weird late in the game and then you know Nelson Aguilar just absolutely went off uh it was Byron Jones's worst game I've ever seen as a Dolphin Aguilar had five catches for 155 yards obviously he's not here anymore the Dolphins faced him in week one where he had 72 yards and a touchdown. So something about Nelson Aguilar against the Dolphins. Um, but the main guy, obviously, is Darren Waller, who went really heads up against Eric Rowe last year when the Raiders played the Dolphins. Waller had five catches for 112 yards. So, Paul, here's my question on that. Is Darren Waller one, of, obviously one of the best tight ends in the league, one of the best all-around weapons uh, so far over the last two years, do you think the Dolphins should go heads up with Eric Rowe against Waller again, or do you think they should kind of divide that out a little
1: bit? I do think they should. I think Eric. Uh, I think Rowe has shown a very good ability to play tight ends. I know he got beat by Waller last year. Uh, they've been running uh, the what was it, Rod Woodson with Waller uh, bit on NFL Network periodically lately. And one of the plays they show a lot is when he really beat him over the top, and Roe almost made the play on the ball. And if you see at the bottom of the route, and, and Waller acknowledges this, Roe got clipped by by one of the Raiders receivers. Follow when he was trailing Waller, and he was about that far from the ball anyway on the play. So I mean, it, it's if he hadn't gotten clipped there, and and clips the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, he were, he really would have been in position at that point. Um, so it, it's that takes away one of the big plays, and Waller's gonna make plays. Let, let's not make any make, you know nonsense of it. Waller's gonna make some plays in this game. It's very unlikely he gets shut out. He's that good. But I I'd be willing to play row on him, but you got to get a little cute with the coverages too, and periodically have a safety help over the top or, you know, need them slide in and pick it up as well. If you can disguise the coverages and confuse them, you can force Derek Carr to make a bad play or make a bad pass because he's anticipating Roe being on him.
0: Right, and I maintain that last year Eric Rowe didn't even play all that bad against the Raiders. I mean, there were at least two long catches by Darren Waller that yeah, I – even the broadcaster said, like I don't see how you can defend that any better. So I I agree with you. I think that overall you have Roe try to go one-on- one against Waller and look, if 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 the you' to me you're challenging the Raiders at that point, you've got to make perfect throws again because and if you do that, hey, you deserve to win. But we feel like we're going to break up a few more of those passes this time, or or they're not going to be delivered accurately. So, right there with you on that. Uh, Henry Ruggs, kind of the you know 2020 version of Jalen Waddle in 2021. Not a surprise they both went to the same school, Alabama. Um, he was the deciding factor uh, in the Raiders' win over the Steelers last week. In general, I mean. That, that weapon of, of Carr being able to put the ball over the top to Henry Ruggs is something that that's pretty scary. What I think, too, is that there's a difference between the Steelers and the Dolphins' defense that the Steelers kind of line up that 3-4 defense kind of the same coverages and say, we're just going to beat you. This is what we're going to do just about every play. It's effective but if you're Derek Carr it's a little bit more predictable when you're looking at that you're not changing the picture there in the secondary very often and i think the dolphins have a better ability to change from from coverage to coverage maybe confuse derek carr a little bit more and if they blitz him as well you know you're making him you're forcing him to make some quick decisions with a bum ankle
1: yeah no and and that's another reason why i really think the interior of the Raiders line as well as Alex Leatherwood could potentially make this a long day for the Raiders um, it's if you don't I mean Ruggs is fast but if you don't have anybody that can block up front it doesn't matter we've seen that with the Dolphins in the past uh, it's I think like on, on that one the sack that knocked two out of the game what was it 1.76 seconds before he got hit um uh, and that's just not enough time for rugs to be able to roast Xavier howard over the top or uh byron jones over the top i mean it it just isn't he's fast but you've got to have that chance to actually beat the coverage you know
0: and it's so frustrating that aj epineza is the player i wanted the dolphins to to pick late in the second round and they took Raquan davis it's turned out to be a good pick i hope he comes back soon it's frustrating to see the Bills get him and then, <laughs> and then they line up and, and he's able to get to the quarterback in under two seconds and he injures your starting quarterback. That's There's nothing worse than that. Uh, and A.J. Epinez is turning into a better and better player. That sucks. But anyway, I'm getting too far off. But we have to remember, too, Derek Carr has looked phenomenal in the first two weeks here. In the first two weeks, uh, 817 yards passing. In the first two games, he was on pace for 6,944 yards passing. I know it's 17 game season, but I don't think it makes that that much of a difference there. But yeah, I mean, they've got four receivers with over 120 yards now. Waller, Ruggs, Brian Edwards, who is going to probably be matched up on the outside with either Jones or Xavier Howard. More of a big boundary type of receiver who's coming into his own. And the other big matchup we haven't talked about, too, is in the slot on third downs. Hunter Renfro is a machine on third down, kind of their Wes Welker there. Um, And he's going to be matched up with Nick Needham. That's one of the bigger matchups here that I look at with the Raiders offense against the Dolphins defense.
1: Yeah, no, Renfro is definitely going to be interesting. Hopefully Nick Needham's the one in the game. Um, We saw last week and we talked about it. Needham really didn't see the field much last week. Uh, So that could get interesting as far as that goes. Um, but again, guys like McCourty were, were doing a good job of trying to jump those routes and, and getting in position, uh, coming from the safety spot. So this is has a lot of makings of a very, very interesting matchup. I mean, Drake, you've got to worry more as a receiver out of the backfield. Uh, right now, his, his running has been abysmal. And then really... I the Raiders feel like a pretender at this point. I know they've put up the passing yards, but part of that's the fact they haven't been able to run the ball, and they just feel like a team that's getting worse be, with key injuries. And
0: <sighs> really, getting getting worse they just beat the they just beat the Ravens and with, Steelers
1: with key injuries. Um, I don't. I'm not. <sighs> the Ravens and Steelers are not two teams that scare me this year. They're they're not. Four Ravens years. just
0: beat the chiefs i mean that, i know i that I, know. I don't i don't i don't understand i mean i i think the Ra- raiders have looked phenomenal the first two games they've looked great on defense they're getting to the quarterback they're throwing the ball all over the yard no I'm, i think the Do- i think the dolphins are in big trouble in this game big I'm, I'm, trouble
1: i'm talking about with the injuries the the way that they're okay. getting, that's where i'm talking about that's why i said with key injuries um Derek Carr's ankle, the fact that they lost Richie Incognito before the season started for a few weeks, the fact that Josh Jacobs got hurt after in week one, you know, it's it's they don't have a tremendous amount of depth in that regard. Um, you know, they basically lost most of their running game with Josh Jacobs. Derek well, Carr you're- hurting his ankle like he did. It's they,
0: they could be due for. Uh, Scummy said it in the chat. They could be due for a letdown. I, I'll I'll give you
1: that. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I
1: looking mean, they, at mean, the- they get better if they get healthy. Don't get me wrong, but they they also still feel like a very thin roster after after a handful after their starting lineup.
0: Okay, okay, I, I can see that. And yeah, I mean, the Raiders always seem to come to Miami at the right time. If you look back at the last few years, I mean remember in, in 2012 the Dolphins lost significantly in the first game then you had Reggie Bush running off for 170 yards the next game they won that game In um, but 2014 Derek Carr's first year the Dolphins were spiraling there was talk about benching Tannehill before the game the Dolphins wiped them out they've won seven of the last eight games the Dolphins have against the Raiders so let's hope that that continues here because they need it in the worst way but looking at the predictions here I I don't feel great about this game either. Um one thing I will say about the Dolphins though. I a lot has been said over the last week by us, by a lot of people. I still think overall with Brian Flores as head coach, I think they're they're a tough and they're an opportunistic team that played very badly last week. So they could they need to take advantage here again and they need to get to 2 and 1 and if they do, we're talking about the season Getting back on track. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to get back on track this week. I I don't see the Dolphins being able just to come out against this Raiders defense, have, you know, being able to protect Jacoby Brissett appropriately. So, because of that, my score prediction is going to be the same one that I predicted with your boy Q here this past Tuesday. And that's going to be 23 14 uh, Raiders.
1: I am going to say, and you know I am hopeful that Miami can take advantage of some of those things that we that we've already talked about but I am going to predict for now that the Raiders come out and win this game 2417. um I I do think that Miami could potentially take advantage of those injuries uh if they can get to Derek Carr this is still a one-dimensional team right now uh, with Josh Jacobs out and you could really flip this game there, especially if you're forcing Carr to make some bad throws with that ankle, um, given the secondary that Miami has. Um, and Miami's secondary, combined with the Raiders' offensive line, there are some opportunities here for Miami to take advantage in this game. And they very well could. And and if they do, it could be a very big snowball effect as the game moves forward.
0: Right. I mean, I see some matchups that do work in the Dolphins' favor, and the secondary, the Raiders' secondary. They got they added Casey Hayward here in the offseason. He's looked really good the first two weeks. Uh, they've got Trayvon Mullen on the other side, and uh, Nate Hobbs, a fifth round rookie, played forty something snaps last week. Looked really good too. I rewatched the Steelers Raiders game a game a couple of times. So, but th- that's where the Dolphins have to win here. If they can't go into Las Vegas and win with fuller waddle and parker that's not looking good as far as what you spent your money on and your resources this off season so there still is hope in the chat um king short said come on cat you got to have faith brother see i don't have faith i have hope okay i hope that they win i want them to win i'm going to be there in my dolphins gear just as i always am cheering my head off for them and and I, i i hope they do win i don't think that they will it's up to them to prove me wrong and to prove to the Dolphins fan base that what we saw last week was not who they are and it was an aberration. One thing the Dolphins do, have working for them, is you look at the last, you look at the time frame from, um, you know, when they played, if you go all the way back to 2019, the final game of the year against New England, since that game, the Dolphins have been 12-4 and 4 when they don't play the Bills, They've got to beat the Bills, but they tend to do well against the rest of the NFL, so we'll, we'll see if that, that continues here in this game with Tua out and Jacoby Brissett starting. That's going to do it here for our breakdown of the Raiders-Dolphins matchup on NFL on Twitter, Paul is Fanatic underscore pick. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, the FinFanatic.com website and the Fan Sided Network, and if it's not on the right side, And it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side.